Dougie, I want to talk to you about that Market Hotel show from a few months ago. Okay. That was nuts. There were so many strangers there. Yeah, there were a lot of strangers there. Yeah. Is it weird not knowing who your fans are? Mm, yes and no. I don't know. What part of it is weird? I think like um, the part of it that, that's weird is the urge that I have to like talk to everybody and understand and get to know them and understand why and you know as more people get into music the less or i the i lately have felt less able to do that um but you know i don't know and say at the merch table people people talk to you when they want to i guess are they cool do you like your fans yeah yeah i think so um i rarely have experiences with like with like i don't know what punishers or like people who are not respectful of me a nice part of the job is like shaking people's hands and stuff i don't know i i'm also like not famous so i'm not like overwhelmed with people you're not famous but you're at a stage where fans who you don't know personally are finally starting to outnumber the fans that are just your friends or friends of friends, you know? Like if if there was like a gang battle where friends who you could feasibly text were on one side and fr- fans who are total randos are on the other, side two might win that gang battle at this point. Yeah, although, you know, I think that that's a a blurry line a little bit you know like once somebody like dms me and i like respond to them with their first name and say like thanks jeffrey you know like they're not like totally a rando anymore like me you know it's it's a blurry line i would say you you went to portland to play a dog's birthday party this year i did I had a great time that, you know, that was an example of somebody who I like, there's a great example of like somebody who I didn't know was not friends with. They like reached out to me over the internet and then they, uh, they were, uh, incredible hosts, like incredibly nice people had a great party for their dog. Dog's name was Harley. Harley, that's right. Yeah. Although, you know, Harley wasn't in attendance at the show. There were other dogs there and there were, you know, people there. Um, it was cool. It was like a DIY backyard, uh, you know, sort of a jerry-rigged PA. It was cool. It was the first show I played after through, you know, in front of people at the pandemic. It was in the backyard. It's your shows have changed so much since everyone went into quarantine. Because before COVID happened, I don't even think you'd announced your second album. And then this album came out. People seemed to really like it. And your first like show back was this sold out local show, which I've never even seen. No offense, but I've never even seen you come close to selling out a show in New York. Uh, yeah, uh, it was it was weird and cool. And, uh, you know, it felt good it felt good i don't know 
it's fun playing to a room full of people. I mean, it's also fun playing to an empty room, but in a different way, I guess. The thing that I remember taking away from that show is it seemed like a really good distillation of what the pandemic has done to a lot of us, which is that we've all changed in so many ways, but our lives have been so aggressively isolated and introverted and boring that we haven't seen any of the change and that you only really get to see it in like these tests where it all comes to a head at once. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I think I generally feel like pretty de-socialized and like um, I don't know walking around a crowded room people I guess has always made me a little bit anxious and I think maybe not totally ready was not totally ready for that but I don't know it wasn't like it was like what 100 people 150 50 people yeah yeah Okay. I mean, I've been to shows that were that crowded. (laughs) Is a part of you kind of pissed off that this album that people really liked came out while everyone was indoors and that you kind of got deprived the whole coming out party of putting out an album that people liked? I wouldn't say pissed is the right... uh, it's the right word. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I was conscious of a sense of loss. Yeah, I think that's what feels right. I feel like I grieved it for a little while. Yeah, I was pretty bummed out that summer. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of shit going on to be bummed out about. Um, but one of them was that this record that I was really excited to share sort of had to be or I had I had to like reimagine how that was going to happen. Um, but I think it's okay, you know, like I don't know, I feel like I've said this to you before which is like a lot of a lot of people took a lot of really rough hits during the pandemic and it's like not a it's not a it's not a crazy mental exercise to like come to the conclusion that <laughs> comparatively like not being able to tour on my record not that big a deal. Um, oh yeah, totally. I I do not want you to think that I'm trying to convince you it's a big deal. No, uh, and, and I mean the other. I mean the other. The one reason it would be a big deal of, is if it were like really my livelihood, you know. But I I was working full time, so and I like worked into the into the pandemic because um, I could work remotely, and so I mean that that would be the real reason it would be a really big deal, right? As if like I had no source of income, but the stakes of life have become flattened to such an extreme degree because uh, death and tragedy is, has become so commonplace uh, that everything immediately gets juxtaposed to uh, has a close family member uh, died of the global disease or not. And if the answer is no, they haven't, then all the things that kind of just color your life immediately get buffed out as not worth commenting on or grieving. Even if you could admit that this isn't the most important thing in the world, you are convincing yourself not 
<laughs> to grieve a thing that you're grieving because it's not as important as human life. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a simultaneous truth to that, which is that, like, yes, that's true. And I think we sort of deprive ourselves or like our heart, you know, maybe unnecessarily hard on ourselves or deprive ourselves, you know, certain feelings um, because they sort of pale in comparison to larger global feelings. But also, you know, I mean, I think the effect is very real that like when you are witnessing things like death, they sort of like put things in another perspective, you know? And I don't think that's necessarily a bad, you know, that's not a bad thing or like, or a, I, yeah, I think there's a positive and negative effect uh, in that sense. Your first album's about death. Yeah. You know, kind of the one I'm working on right now is sort of shaping up to be that way too. Um, What's it feel like when somebody tells you they like that first record and you know it's all about the death of your father who they don't know? Um, I don't know. You know, I think I'd sort of abstracted it until you said it to me, until you put it to me like that. I think, I mean, certainly... <laughs> certainly I feel seen I think you know like sort of sort of a natural dynamic at play is always like and I guess this will never not be true anymore which is that I've at this point released things more recently and worked on things more recently and my mind is with other things recently so when people are like, I really like your first record. I'm like, thank you very much. And then I, I'm sort of like, I wish you said you, <laughs> you liked what I did more recently. Part of me thinks that. And then, you know, obviously another part of me thinks, uh, Cancun 
after dinner Bloody Mary Just this morning Captain Morgan's still here somewhere We don't talk much anymore So past the salt and limes my way Today I'm laying low Just kissing Jose Cuervo Underneath the mistletoe Tequila My old friend But I just can't seem to shake this lonesome feeling This'll be my final night 